0: Well, if you're ready for the word, I think I am also. I was just sharing, turn if you would to Luke chapter 19. I just shared with Elisa uh, after she got baptized, her testimony is actually my message. Uh, I mean, she just spoke it and I'll tell you where this message came from. But if we'll read in Luke chapter 19, we're going to kind of get into the middle of a story and kind of work it, work it back. Um, Luke 19, verse number 35. This is when they brought the colt to Jesus, Luke nineteen, thirty-five. And they brought it to Jesus and, and, sh- and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount Olives... The whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Talking about Jerusalem, he goes from being celebrated to weeping, being told to rebuke his disciples, to saying, even if I rebuke them, the stones will cry out. And then verse 45, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple and the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. I want to talk from the subject today of the title, Palms and Willows. Palms and Willows. This is Palm Sunday, so I pray that it's, it's fitting. 2000, I, have a, I had a mentor. His name was Jim Boyce. Jim Boyce pastored a great church in Philadelphia, 10th Presbyterian Church. Very formed guy, very good teacher. has put out multiple, multiple books sometime in early, uh, we started the church in 1993. I had began reading some of his material before 93, but sometime after starting the church, uh, I began to communicate with him, uh, write, write to him. I just, again, loved his teaching, loved what he had done, loved the material that he had wrote, and just wanted to try to engage in some kind of relationship with him. And, and graciously, I would write him letters asking him certain questions about certain things scripturally and some things I was reading and some of his commentaries, and he would, he would uh, write back. That, that went on for, we would talk on the phone, not very often. It was mostly by letter, but that was, that was pretty often. Oftentimes his assistant would call me to, to give information about things that I may have communicated him about that really didn't need a letter and would, would inform me of. The year 2000 was going to be the first time of meeting him. Uh, so it had been seven years of communication And my first opportunity to be able to go meet him was in 2000. Went there, and I believe it was in April of 2000, uh, because it was right after Easter. Uh, So it was sometime in April of 2000. Went and spent the weekend there in Philadelphia. He preached a couple of times during that weekend, had good fellowship, very kind. It was great to be with him. Just one of those things, you know, just every now and then you got people in your life that you just want to to really meet, you know, because of distance. And he was, of course, older than me, of course, but uh, but uh, just the opportunity to meet with him. I got back home on a Monday, stayed there through the weekend, got back home on a Monday, got a call either that Monday or Tuesday from his s- assistant saying that uh, your, Dr. Boyce was so grateful that you were here, that he was able to spend time with you. All of that was just a blessing. And, of course, I was overjoyed about it. Uh, But he said, but but she said, I need to let you know something. Uh, Dr. Boyce, the weekend of Easter or weekend right after Easter, he was diagnosed with a very uh, aggressive liver cancer. And with all the things that they've done as rapidly as they could, it is inevitable that he's going to pass away except for a healing. And she said he and I, of course, sunk when I heard that and. I said why didn't he say anything and she said that he wanted to make a point that you enjoyed the time with him so much he did not want that to be an issue at all but wanted you to know what the situation was like I never had a chance to talk to Doc, Dr. Boyce again within 30 days he was dead and I got something out of that of course some of those last days he wrote some actually some hymns and those was actually recorded they were put to put the music and you know, CDs was put out by his uh, brass team that, that put that together. But I, I learned something about that situation and something that's helped me in life in a, in a lot of ways. We're talking about palms and willows. And I, I've, I've learned that every one of us have situations in life. As a matter of fact, probably as a precursor, if, if you've never been hurt or disappointed or had anybody speak negatively of you, if, if all of your dreams have come to pass, if everything you do turns to gold, uh, if you never have any concerns at all, if you've never had to agonize and weep before the Lord in prayer, this message probably ain't for you. And, and I'll give you permission to leave because there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to be able uh, to help you. This message is for folks who, who live life and, and, and know what it means to, to get hurt through life. And to have news that comes about that can be tragic or maybe have your character assassinated or be torn down by your peers or associates or, or have a job that you wanted that you didn't get or turned down for a loan for a house or, or for a car or maybe got dumped in a relationship of someone that you really, really loved. It's really a message for people who've had some real-life experiences. Real life experiences that, that include those things that I think many of us face every day of uh, the, the concern about death, the concern about disease, the concern um, about not being able to accomplish some things in life. And then just those everyday things of disappointments and embarrassments, things that are sometimes hard to get over. Life is just packaged with that. It's, it's packaged with defeats and victories. It's got, we got joy and sorrows there's roses and there's thorns there's discouragement and there's encouragement there's disappointments and then there's just some exhilarating situations in life there's peace and there's turmoil there's mountains and valleys and highs and lows and ups and downs and ebbs and flow and if you've lived as long as i have you just come to the conclusion that that's just life and and that's really not the problem the problem is and when you, when you think about this, the problem is seen when some man goes into an office building that he had just got let go of and decides that he's going to kill everybody in the office. The, the, the problem gets revealed when someone who's overwhelmed with life will just leave their baby in a car. And just walk away knowing that the the baby will die and the woman will just basically disappear from life. The problem comes when a 17-year-old that just went through a breakup who don't know how they can face friends and family and live with the embarrassment and just finds the nearest bridge or, or cliff or building in the case of Crescent Center and just jumps off the building. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about people who uh, necessarily have not had all the opportunities and chances in life, although they suffer with the same things, but I'm, I'm talking about folks sometimes who often seem like they got it all together. And then life just seems to just completely overwhelm them. And, and I've come to the conclusion, I'm going to deal with it in this text, that what, what people struggle with is how in life, even believers... How to learn to carry the palms in life while they're handed the willows. And when I talked about Dr. Boyce, when I spent that time with him, there was nothing about him that would let me know because everything about him was victory, victory, and victory. The messages he preached that weekend, the time we spent together, the laughter that we had, the meals that we shared, I walked away thinking, here is a man that's just, man, walking with victory in his life. He's carrying a palm. What I didn't know, at the same time, he was given a willow. He was given something that could have drug him down, something that could have really made life look like it was overwhelming and overcoming and being despaired. If you know anything about Scripture and the nation of Israel, the Bible talks so often about them being a nation... Of victory, They're a called out people of God, the nation of Israel are. They're, they're a nation that God has set up for to overcome, to be the people that, that, that show us the way of faith. We understand God through the nation of Israel. They're the ones that saw so many miracles. They saw the hand of God from, from, the, from the very time that Abraham was called and how God worked in Abraham and worked in his family. And Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all the way through the sons of Israel. And even even prior to that, going through the Red Sea and all the various miracles that they saw, learning day after day how good God was and how gracious God was. And throughout the scripture, the nation of Israel is represented by palms. Even even Jesus, when he comes through on Palm Sunday, they throw palms before him, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Here comes the, uh, our Lord. They call him king. Hosanna in the highs, meaning the one that can save us. Palm trees representing the victory that comes with Jesus. There's a passage in the scripture that talks about palms. It's Psalm 92, verse 14 and 17. Listen to this. It says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age, and they are ever full of sap and green. The Lord is using that passage to talk about us, that we, like palm trees, flourish in the house of the Lord, always producing, always effective, always efficient, standing strong, even in our old age. And many of us would wish that life was just that, just the life of palms. Every day I woke up, victory. Everything that I face, no problem, no sweat, I get through it. No tragedies that come. No overcoming things that get me. Nobody throws a, a rock at me. Nobody calls me a bad word. Nobody tells a lie about you. Nobody, nobody uh, comes around and, and sets things up so you lose your job. You, we would wish that every day of our life was a Palm Day. We would wish that every day of our life was Palm Sunday that everybody's shouting victory over us you're the greatest you're amazing you're awesome you're incredible there is no one like you there is no one as good as you you're the best pastor in the world you preach the best messages in the world I don't know why everybody don't love Tyrone Jones I wish every day was Palm Sunday but this is what I've learned and the nation of Israel is one of the clearest examples of this That even with all of the declarations of how good God is and knowing how good God is, sometimes we let things come into our life that take us from that place of knowing that we can walk in victory, standing strong with our palms, being the chosen people of God, going through conquest after conquest, victory after victory, life is just full of rejoicing. The nation of Israel shows us though that there's times in our life where we have to walk through some willow experiences. And it's not getting the willow experiences that get us because we know that that's life. It's what we do with our palms during those times of willow experiences. And there's a passage in Psalm 137, I believe it is, verses one and two. It says this, this is when the nation of Israel With all their greatness and all of their strength because of some of the manners that they responded to God, God wanted them to go through a time and a season of testing and and discipline so that they would learn how great of a God that he is. And that they would line up their lives with him and continue to serve him because he had made multitudes of promises upon him and even said that the Messiah, the Savior, the world is going to be coming through you. He's going to be coming out of the lineage of you. Stay true to me is what the Lord told him. Obey the laws and obey the commandments. And generation after generation after generation would be blessed. But somewhere down the line, some of the people decided just to do things their own way. God took them through some season of discipline. But even when he took them through that 70 years of exile, he told them during that 70 years, I'm going to restore you. You got to go through this. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for your children. It's going to be good for the nation. I'm going to take you through 70 years of exile where you're going to be under the rule of another. And you're going to learn what it's like to really serve me instead of being under the rule of another. 70 years, but I promise you restoration. Restoration. The Lord gave them some willows in their life. But he promised them, listen, don't don't set the palm down. Just hold on to the palm. You are a victorious nation. I am your God. I just need you to go through a season where you can learn to worship me, where you can learn to serve me, where you can learn what it's like to work through some stuff and not just have the God of heaven just put silver spoons in your mouth. Not just have the God of heaven play like he's Santa Claus and just throwing stuff down to you. Not get so spoiled to become a, some spoiled brat that think it ought to be my way. This ought to be just like McDonald's or Burger King. I ought to get it my way. God said, sometimes I just need to take you through some situations where you got to take some willows. And here's what the Lord did in Psalm 137. He sent them to Babylon and the nation of Babylon knew that they were some victorious people. They had wrote some great songs. They were people who could dance and they could sing and they celebrated their God and they rejoiced and everybody wanted the festivities that the people of Israel had. They sung about their God, they danced about their God, they wrote songs about their God and they feasted. So the people of Babylon said, come on, man, it's party time. I know you're here in Babylon, but it's party time. Come show us how to party unto your God. And you know what the scripture says they did? they took their instruments. They took those wonderful instruments that they used to sing unto their God, and the scripture says they hung them on willows. And they said, how do you expect us to sing? We're in a foreign land. How do you expect us to dance when life ain't going the way that it used to? How do you expect us to celebrate and have festivity when it just ain't we just don't like the situation we're in. We just don't like being in this place and under these kind of circumstances and these situations. We're used to everything going our way. We're used to being victorious. We're used to living in our own land, eating our own food, doing things that we want to. And now we're in this land that God has brought us to and you want us to sing and to celebrate and rejoice? We can't do that. They took their, their instruments and hung them on the willows and said, we, we're we not singing and we're not dancing. You... you You know what what they illustrated to us? That some people have a hard time carrying their willows while they're holding up their palms. Because life situation can get us so down that all of a sudden we forget that we're people that's victorious, that we are the children of God. God is an amazing God. He keeps His promises. They're yesterday, man. But sometimes we go through some trials and the palm goes down and don't you see what I'm carrying, God? God. We just want to remind God that we're sitting here holding willows. The nation of Israel showed a whole lot of us what we often do when things just don't go our way. Am I? Am I? I, Y'all doing all right out there? We see the same thing with Job. I, I I I love reading Job. I know some folks get depressed. Not me. I get happy. First of all, I'm happy that it wasn't me. But, but I, get, I get happy when I read Job. But you know, Job, when, when Job went through his, his ordeal that he went through, his challenge, in chapter 29, Job done something that really it showed some palm and willow moments. And I, I'm just going to encourage you, when you get time to read chapter 29 of Job and then go into chapter 30, because in chapter 29, Job is, is now thinking about what life was like. He's talking about the fact, he said, listen, I had it all. I was upright in God. I'm just going to read just lines from it. He said, I had a friendship with God. My life was of cream and olive oil. This is in Job 29. I had a seat in the city. I was respected by old men and young men. I was spoken well of. I was a rescue of the poor and the fathers and the needy and the widow. When I came, people stopped. When I spoke, people listened. I carried righteousness and I was known to be a man of justice. I was a counselor to all people. I was blessed above all men. And that's the mindset Job had even when God first allowed Satan to come upon him. Even during all that time, when God first allowed Jacob, uh, Satan to come up on Job, you remember some of the things Job had said? Job was still carrying his palms. Listen to what he said in verse number 1. He said, naked I came out of my father's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He was still carrying a palm. You can go a little bit further. You even get down to chapter 13 of Job. He says, though he slay me, Yet will I trust in him, I will maintain my ways in the Lord. He's still carrying his palm. But he gets to chapter 29 and he starts talking about the way life used to be. Let let me just tell you one of the biggest mistakes we make. Sometimes we monumentalize and want to hug what life was like that we can never see what God got ahead of us. We want to camp right there. We want to stop right there. As if the God that's a God of the future is just a God of the past and maybe just a God of right now. We always got this mindset, man, life can't get no better than this. I got news for you. The God of heaven is limitless in his goodness. And no matter how good it is now, it can always get, get better. You don't have to hold on to what's so good right now with the fear of, it won't get no better than this. And Job did that. In chapter 29, he camped out right there and started saying the way things was. And then in in chapter 30, he used those words, but now. Look at what life is like now. Job grabbed a hold of his willow. And if you look at chapter 30, Job said some things. He says, man, now young people just don't even want to talk to me. Old people are laughing at me and mocking me. He said, I'm so hurting and my body's in such a terrible state. He says, it feels like my clothes that's upon me are choking me like something around my collar, boils all over my body. People look up on me with disdain. Nobody wants to be around me. That's what life is like now. He's carrying that willow. But then listen to what he says to God. I cry to you for help and you do not answer me. I stand and you only look at me. You have turned cruel to me with the might of your hand you persecute me you lift me up on the wind you make me ride on it and you toss me about in the roar of the storm for I know that you will bring me to death just like you have everybody else that's where Job is now Job then put his palm down he'd done pretty good for a while and and you know some of us do that too Right when the trial hits, man, we're standing, we're declaring, I'm going to get through this. How you doing, Brother Tyrone? Man, I'm doing good. God is my victory. I mean, we doing good. But check with me three weeks later. It's going on a little long. Where you at, Lord? I've been crying out to you. You ain't answering me. I don't even think you love me. I don't even know if you know me. I don't even, I don't even know if you're around. I don't even know if you exist. What has happened to you, God? And we didn't picked up the willow. Palm is gone. We carry nothing but a willow. But Jesus epitomized how to carry a palm and a willow at the same time. Jesus epitomized it. You see, because here we know when Jesus, before he got to that place of where he was taken by the scribes and the Pharisees or the Jewish religious leaders to go before Pilate, the scripture tells us that people was flocking after Jesus. Everywhere he went, people went. People knew he was the Messiah. People knew he was the king. They was trying to make him the king. Jesus spoke things that let people know that he had the authority from the Almighty God. As a matter of fact, he said, I don't do nothing unless the Father tells me to do it. I don't do anything. I don't say anything. I don't do anything. I come from the Father, and I'm going back to the Father. As a matter of fact, without Jesus saying it, Jesus basically said in in our vernacular, he said, I'm all that and a bag of chips. I'm all that. I'm all that. And people was listening. They were following. They were seeing miracles. He was doing miracles. He was showing people what he could do. And then comes Palm Sunday, and it is called the triumphant entry indeed. Because that was the time when it was indicated to everyone in the region that Jesus is the king. They laid those palm branches down. They shouted, Hosanna, save now. Blessed the king of Israel who comes in the name of the Lord. They're rejoicing. They're praising. They're shouting victory. As a matter of fact, even when they say, why don't you tell these folks to be quiet, Jesus would say, listen, man, I'm so much all that. If these people stop shouting out, the rock's going to start worshiping me. I mean, I'm just all that. Then something happened. Then these religious leaders decided that they were going to take Jesus. And then they were going to bring him before Pilate. And If you read in Matthew, Matthew 27, it, it says that they stripped Jesus. And they put a scarlet robe on him. I think I may have that text. Yes, Matthew 27, 27 through 31. Because he started facing now rejection and pain and suffering and frustration. Wanted to kill him Listen to what it says in verse 27 through 31 Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters And called out the entire regiment They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him They wove the thorn branches into a crown And put it on his head And they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted Hail king of the Jews And they spit on him They're mocking him and spitting on him And they grabbed a stick and struck him with it Struck him with it on his head Sad sentence right here. And when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again, and they led him away to be crucified. Jesus now is absolutely experiencing a willow moment. He went from being celebrated for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, King of Israel, King of Jews, now being mocked by people who had overcome the Jews people that they consider the lowest of the lows are now mocking the one that they thought was the most high God. And they're making fun of him and putting a crown on his head and he's getting whipped and he's getting scourged and he's getting publicly disdained. But just when you think Jesus has put his palm tree down, you, you, you notice that he doesn't complain. You, you notice that that even when he's going through the process of agonizing, there's words that comes out of his mouth that helps his mother, words that talks about forgiveness, words that he's speaking to his father. He doesn't retaliate. He doesn't threaten. He doesn't determine that he's going to get revenge. We see Jesus at the lowest point of 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 his life still carrying a palm while he's got a willow in his hand. It can't get no more clear than that. But just when you think Jesus can't do no more, after they've mocked him, he knows he's the king of kings. After they've mocked him and instead of him speaking to the guy on the cross, when the guy on the cross speaks to him and says, when you go into your kingdom, after, now mind you, these same two fellas had already been mocking him also. If you somebody, why don't you save yourself and save us? And then one of them gets this revelation that, you know something, this, this dude is real. This, this, this dude is the real deal. We're sitting here complaining and crying, and he's just dealing with it, talking to his father, t- saying some lovely things about, uh, to, to John about his mother. This dude is do- just dealing with it. And one of the dudes said, you know, when you go into your kingdom, can I ask you to remember me? Here's Jesus carrying a willow about to die himself. And at that very moment, he lifts up his palm and he says, this day you
1: will be with me in the kingdom, this day. And we learn from Jesus that in the midst of those turmoil times in life, we don't have to give up on God.
0: We don't have to bail out. We don't have to think that it's over. And every one of us will go through situations where I'm telling you, if you don't have a willow nearby, somebody gonna bring you one. The enemy gonna make sure you trip over one because that's his whole objective is to get your focus off the goodness and the greatness of God, even in tough times in life. And I'm telling you, everybody has them. But what I've learned is as a people of God, if we keep our eyes and focus on the almighty God, even in those times, Because his promises to you does not change when things get tough. The same God that says you are my son, you are my daughter in whom I'm
1: well pleased is the same God that's watching you through, carrying you through, strengthening you through, helping you through, encouraging you through, giving you the strength that you need. He's the same God. And there may be times when we want to carry that willow a little bit higher, but I'm telling you, I've been in moments where the Spirit of God, when nobody else was in the house, says lift up that palm. You are my son. You are my child. My promises are yes and amen. This life ain't over. This ain't the end of it. You are a man of victory. Why? Because we
0: serve a victorious, almighty God. Am I talking to the right church? I'm getting ready to wrap this up. And just let me just give you one little closing point here. I I love this scene in heaven. And, and it's, it's not a scene. It's in chapter 7 of Revelation. It's not a scene of people who just went through life with silver spoons. It's not a scene of people who just gave their life to Christ and the next thing you know, the next day they wake up and they're in heaven. This is not a scene of people who have had some experiences but they just brushed them off like flies or like mosquitoes. Matter of fact, chapter 7 of Revelation gives us a great scene of people of all cultures, of all ethnic groups that have come from all various places in life. And you know what the Scripture says? They are folks that have come through some great tribulation. They come through some great tribulation. And there they are in chapter 7. And they're right there in the presence of the Almighty God. And I don't, want you to, I don't want you to miss this. John is seeing a great scene. The Lord has allowed him to see what's going to take place for all of us on, that, on those last days when the Lord returns. It says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They're
1: clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they're crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our Lord who sits on the
0: throne and to the Lamb. I I need you to see this. John is seeing this in heaven, And and I want you to notice two things that he points out real clear. The first thing he points out is that white robe because it's the robe that indicates that we've been
1: justified freely by the grace of God. It's the robe that says, I belong to him. It's not one that I've cleaned on my own. It's not a life that I've cleaned on my own. It's a life that's been washed by the blood of the Lamb. He's the one that's declared I'm righteous. He's the one that's justified me freely through all of my willow seasons in life, God is the one that's continually washing and washing and washing and washing by the blood of the Lamb. That when we stumble and fall, He's the one that helps us get back up. So we're standing there in a white robe, which means every one of us belong there. Brown faces, black faces, purple faces, green faces. It don't matter where you come from. We all belong there because we're in a white robe. But you got to notice what we're carrying. Whoa! you got to see what we're carrying. That is not a time where we're holding on to no willows. The willows are gone. We're standing there just with the palm. That's all we got left is the palm. The palm says, he's the one that's victorious. The palm says, he's the one that helped me overcome. The palm says, I've walked through this life trusting in the Almighty God. It's a palm we got in our hands because God is the God of victory. You're gonna have willows in life but hold up that palm, palm and willow. God is the one that does this. And I got to tell you something. Let me tell you why there's no more willows in heaven. Because you know what the scripture tells me? The scripture tells me that my God, I may get up there and say, Lord, you don't know how hard it was. You don't know how tough it was. I've done everything I can to serve you. I didn't always get it right. I hear Jesus saying, put that doggone thing down. Ain't no more crying up here. Ain't no more pain up here. Ain't no more sorrow up here. We stand victorious before the almighty God. Somebody shout hallelujah. We got to learn
0: how to carry our palms when we're going through willows. Everybody stand if you would. Prayer team, you can come. Just going to pray for a couple of things. I don't know how God ministered to you but I hope he did maybe a little few steps of of honesty Let me leave these I can use them next year every head bow every eye closed for just a moment let me just let me just be real 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 if you're in the house and you say you know what, Pastor that that message spoke to me and I man I'm I'm going to be honest with you. My willow seems to be a little bit higher than my palm right now. And I just want you to pray. Just hold your hand up. We'll pray right now for you. Yeah, that's, that's good. Very good. Father, Father, you see the hands all over the house. Lord, for whatever reason, whatever they're going through there, they're saying, listen, my, my willow seems to be a little bit higher than my palm. They're not giving up on you. They're not denying you. They know that you're real and that you're there. But right now, the willow's a little higher. Father, give them strength encouragement let them get that hands up let the holy spirit be the strength in them and lift up that palm lift up that palm lord god so that they know that they are people of victory and you they're your sons and your daughters in whom you say i'm well pleased i'm well pleased now who can let me just pray one let me pray another thing before those of you who need to know the lord maybe the willow is not overcoming you but you're just going through something now and you just want prayer you're not saying the willow's overtaking me and the palm is going down but you're just facing a trial and you know this this can get the best of me if i let it just lift your hands i'm just going to pray for you god bless you bless you yes indeed we all we got some i got it father we 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 we're just we're a house full of people that know there's some circumstance in our life and situation we're praying through we're seeking you through we want you lord god to give us strength. And Lord, before this becomes overcoming, before this just knocks us down, Lord, help every one of us to say yes to you, to be obedient to you, to stay prayerful, to stay strong, that you, Lord God, will give us victory in Jesus' name. Just keep your eyes closed for one more, just one more. Some of you might be here and, 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 and life is a willow. Life is a willow. You don't know yet what it means to have peace. And to have victory, to have a life of hope, a life of peace. You you don't you don't know that yet. Whatever life has been like for you, whatever situations you've carried through, you felt like you've been on your own and not any support and not any help. Friends have failed you, family has failed you, and you just feel lost. I'm here to tell you that this Jesus who I just preached about, he loves you too. He's your God too. And today you can make him your Lord in Christ. You can make him your Savior. And you'll be standing right there next to us holding a palm in a white robe. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ and you want to begin that process today, I'm just going to ask you to, I'm I'm going to count to three. You just put your hand up, you put it down. You put it up and put it down. But, But if you haven't made that commitment, today's a good day for you to do it. Jesus loves you. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you just to put your hand up you can put it down, then I'll pray and I'll give you an opportunity to respond. On the count of three, one, two, three. Those of you who want to make, the gift, make Jesus you, Lord, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for those four hands, at least that I saw, that made a decision today. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Yeah, we celebrate that. We celebrate it. Father, I pray that the next step of their life, Lord, would be one to confess that to let somebody know whether it be here at the altar whether it be someone in their discipleship group or whoever brought them Lord that, they, that next step is confession that they would go on to baptism and so Lord I pray for them we don't want the enemy to snatch it away we don't want them to have doubt we don't want them to second guess what they've done Father their hands lifted up because their heart's response was I need Jesus I pray that that be sealed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ everybody look at me for a moment now I'm gonna, we're going to go into a season of worship. Those of you that want to leave, you're going to be, you're going to be able to leave. Those of you that want prayer, the altars will be open. Those of you that want to continue to worship, you can just come on a little closer because there'll be people leaving and greeting each other and all of that, but you can come on closer. We'll keep worshiping. But I, I, I want to remind you if, again, if this is your first time or second time here, this is a good church and we love you and we would love you to be part of us. And Grow Track is coming up again next month. So you want to get in Grow Track. If you're not in a small group, get in a small group. That's where we do life together. That's where we learn together in a family and is in a community. And so we would love you to be part of us. And remember, Good Friday service, 6 p.m. Uh, 7 a.m. is sunrise service. And the 9 and 11 a.m. will be identical services next week. God bless you. Father, I pray your hand of blessing upon us as we go from here to our various places. We thank you for the opportunity to worship together to serve together, to learn together. As we leave here, let us be reminded we're going to a place of mission in the city that we love, to contact and communicate and be engaging with people in this city that you died for. Help us to do that with the love of Jesus Christ, caring for those who are far from you that need life in Christ and caring for the poor and the needy. Let us do that with joy and with thanksgiving. In Christ's name we pray. May the people of God say amen.